This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. Dumped almost two inches from the rain gauge here Friday morning, the weather pattern continues to look favorable through pollination. Rains through the weekend are forecast to favor the plains and center Corn Belt, with the best rain staying out of the eastern Corn Belt. At one time, this would have been considered a bearish forecast, but someone has to sell the market. Funds were hoping that someone else would do that so that they could take profits on shorts. Not happening. There's also caution by bears that China may yet come in to buy more commodities such as wheat and ethanol. Some even think that they'll buy corn. In addition, the trade will start positioning for the June planted acreage report. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo met with Chinese officials in Hawaii and after the meeting said that he did not like what he heard in general about their attitude on trade. The president talks about decoupling from China, but in a few months, no one may care what he thinks about anything. China will continue with the pretense of complying with Phase 1 except for actually buying all that they committed to. They are not going to renege on Phase 1, however. They would leave that up to Trump to do, knowing that he does not want to disappoint his farmers. They are in the driver's seat. China has been buying soybeans. The USDA reported big sales, 538,000 metric tons old crop and 1.38 million metric tons new crop soybeans. The trade range of estimates was 2.5 million, so it was not a surprise. Only 471,000 metric tons of corn was sold for exports, combined old and new crop. The Brazilian corn harvest has begun and prices have fallen there. There's some potential that China, which has not bought U.S. corn, could do so for Phase 1. 504,000 metric tons of wheat was sold. Combines are rolling and USDA increased the wheat carryover in the recent Wade report. Brazil has exported 6.3 million metric tons of soybeans so far in June and 56.4 million metric tons so far in 2020. That exported 41.3 million metric tons the same time last year. They are on track to export 100 million metric ton. The USDA expects Brazil's 2019-2020 crop to reach 124 million metric ton. That means they are exporting 80% of their crop. Everyone points out how the infrastructure in Brazil is poor, which it is, and yet every year they still manage to get a larger crop out of the country. While they have done little to add to their road infrastructure, they have been steadily investing and in improving in their port infrastructure. They are no longer as reliant on shipping all of their grain in the center-west region to Santos, 1,200 miles away by truck. Each year, a greater portion of it is being sent to new ports of the northern Arc region along the Amazon. This reduces the truck distance by 50%. On the cattle, the kill has recovered nearly back to last year's levels. Given carcass weights are 49 pounds heavier than a year ago, this is a lot more beef with the lack of market infrastructure to sell it. Cash cattle ranged down to $98 this week. It would not take much for packers to price cattle where June live cattle are at next week. I do not know what it takes to buy back demand destroyed by a $450 cutout. When a restaurant reduces the size of burgers from 8 ounces to 6 ounces, when do they increase them again? Do they ever? Just because the beef market has returned to pre-COVID-19 levels doesn't mean that it is low enough to repair beef demand again. We have repaired supply being sold into an impaired demand infrastructure. There is more of this story to unfold yet. 
Beef may yet have to go lower than the trade expects to fix demand problems. On the hogs, hog slaughter has further to go to recover near last year's levels. More weight, more pork. The recovery in the kill has done nothing to support the value of hogs near term, as there are still hundreds of thousands hoping to avoid euthanasia by being booked by a packer. The national average hog price fell below 30 cents this week. Animal rights activists appear to be doing well everywhere that they have enacted ag-gag laws. It has not stopped them from obtaining videos of employees throwing turkeys around or euthanizing pigs. And then they get a bonus that the ag-gag laws appear to the public to be just a means for livestock operations to cover up animal abuse. Courts tend to side with the animal activists that ag-gag laws are unconstitutional. And then producers frustrated and being made fools of change a couple of words to the law thinking that maybe the court will then see it differently. They don't, and the whole process starts over again with more negative headlines. Ag-gag laws are well-intended, but they are not smart, not benefiting the industry in any way except to give animal rights groups another hammer to pound them with. This is a public relations war, and the ag-gag laws are not helping us. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits.